Hello, friends, and welcome back to the intro. This is your host, Matt Delavalle, a.k.a. MDV, and I'm joined today on the show by Will Grumke. Will's head of education over at First Form Nutrition, and he's one of the most humble, genuine, and down-to-earth people that I've ever met. But don't let Will's natural kindness confuse you. He's an absolute savage. How much of a savage? Well, the kind that wakes up on a random morning and decides to run 100 miles in laps around a building just because he needed a challenge. Will is that kind of guy. And this episode absolutely pumps all the way from Will's humble beginnings as a first form starter to a better understanding of what makes the company so special to what makes Will tick and continue to tick. So before we grab a notebook and grab a chair, what I want to inform you ladies and gents about is the brand new NC Fit app just launched. If you've checked me out on Instagram at at MDV underscore FIT, you see me getting after it in my garage with some of the world's best training. Programs ranging from GPP, high-intensity functional training, to strength and conditioning, competitors program, accessory programs, and everything in between. It's an amazing app. Check it out on the App Store or on Google Play soon. You can also check out everything that we do through NC Fit at the NC Fit Collective if you're a gym owner or a coach and you're looking to rise the tides and raise the level of coaching professionalism within your gym. I think we do a fantastic job there. Again, if you ever have any questions, hit me up at MDV underscore FIT on Instagram. Now, let's grab a notebook, grab a chair, and learn a thing or two from Will Grumke. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the intro. I'm super excited today to talk to somebody who I actually just recently met on a very, very meaningful trip for me. I took a trip out to First Form in St. Louis and I got to meet the amazing team out there. I was the guest of Sal and Andy Frazella and their team just blew my mind. And one of the people who stood out of all the amazing people uh, who I met when I was at First Form was none other than Will Grumke, the Director of Education for First Form, He's on the show with me today. Welcome to the show. Will, how are you doing? Hey, I am doing fantastic, and I appreciate you, you having me on. And um, no, it was great having you in town for a couple of days. I know we only got to, you know, talk a little bit and, you know, kind of discuss a few things, but, uh, you know, excited to jump on here and share and help or, you know, whatever I can do to, you know, pass on some information that might be valuable to other coaches, trainers, fitness enthusiasts, like whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, for real, the trip out to first form was transformative for me. It was an eye-opening experience and really something that I needed, especially in the midst of all the crazy stuff that's gone on the past year, year and a half to come out there and to connect so meaningfully and see how you guys as a team have rallied together and really gotten behind one another. And the special feeling that just is it's pervasive at first form. It's everywhere that you go, you feel this specialness. Tell me a little bit about what that's been like working in that environment, because it was, it struck me as it was like, hit me like a ton of bricks. As soon as I walked through the door, you can feel the culture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it, it almost starts even before working here. You know, I started as a regular, you know, customer back in mm. 2011. So, you know, 10 years almost. Um, and I've been working here for seven, eight years now at, the, at this point. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really that idea of, you know, never settling and pushing your limits and, you know, really truly striving for your potential. And, you know, I know a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, like that sounds great. Like, oh, you know, working to be better every day. 
you know, but when you have leadership like, you know, Andy, Chris, Sal, you know, the guys that started with, uh, started the company with that, you know, mindset and holding that standard, you know, one employee at a time, you know, as the, you know, company continues to grow and build. And, you know, I was fortunate to get started at, you know, what I'll say is a very um, young and also impressionable age, right? Right out of college. Uh, 22, had just turned 22. Okay. Um, I graduated from college on a Saturday. I started work on Sunday. I was so excited about the opportunity that, wow. uh, yeah, I just, I jumped right in and, you know, they give you, you know, the tools and the framework of, you know, what it means to, you know, truly try to better yourself. So it wasn't ever just like, Hey, let's go sell a bunch of product and you got to hit these sales quotas. You got to do this, this, and this like right out of the gate, it was book recommendations. It was, hey, here's a couple things to focus on right now. Hey, here's our core values. Make sure you assess yourself against these every single day. Like, you know, hey, hard work and effort is always going to be rewarded here. Do the right thing, you know, and if you're going to mess up, if you have the right intent behind it, don't worry. Like, you're not going to be fired. You're not going to be punished for truly doing what you feel is the right thing in that situation. So, it kind of gave you like a little flexibility and a little freedom out of the gate of like, Hey, okay. Like I'm going to just try to really, uh, you know, embody this and be a good human and like, just go put in the effort and see what happens, you know? Yeah. And so um, at a young age, that meant a lot to kind of have that, that eye opening experience of like, okay, they believe in me. They're giving me this game plan and I'm just going to, just going to kind of start here and see what, see what happens. So were you a, were you a customer before you were an employee? Were, were you taking first form or at the supplement superstore, right? Is the other yep. uh, company that Andy had founded in the St. Louis area. Were you a customer before you were an employee? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So um, I was a customer uh, for about two years, two and a half years. Um, and, you know, kind of an interesting story. Like I had lost 50 pounds doing, you know, everything the wrong way, doing the, uh, you know, starve your ass off, run your ass off diet, you know, but I wanted to just get shredded for the girls, you know, like every, every <laughs> young guy, you know, like, Hey, I want to get in shape. So let me do this. Um, and I ended up not feeling good. You know, I was undernourished, uh, you know, in a, in a bad situation. And I went into the store and just, you know, the guys there, they, they helped me out. You know, they just took me in, they, you know, educated me. They taught me like, Hey, you know what? I see what you're trying to do. You're doing some good things here, but we really got to get your calories up. You know, you're under eating and protein. Like let's simply start with, you know, getting your nutrition, right. Let's add in the post-workout, let's get you moving. Um, and it made such a difference that I was like, wow, what else do they know? What else am I missing? And so for the next like two years, I was really loyal to supplement superstores and buying first form products, not understanding that there was any correlation between the two companies. I just, I liked Juicy Watermelon Formula One and I, you know, I liked the guys that, you know, worked at the store and they helped me through college. They helped me, you know, get my nutrition in line. So then when I was presented that opportunity in my senior year um, of potentially working there, I was like, hey, I would, I would love that opportunity. Um, and so, you know, just kind of went for it and jumped right in. And this is really interesting to me that before really any sort of formal introduction to the company or p- potential roles or anything like that, like the relationship that you started with the guys in the store mm-hmm. wasn't even about hey, can I transact with you? It was, hey, how can I help you? And how can you, we help you reach your goals? And I think that 
that's something I've noticed. And when I sat in on some of the, the meetings at first form that you guys were having with your customers right now and your, your athletes right now mm-hmm. is that that same message is, has carried across eight, nine, 10 plus years, probably more than that into where first form is right now. But how, why did you want to become part of that company and that culture? What, what drew you to it? Because there's a lot of guys out there selling supplements, a lot of young kids out there looking to be ripped. What was like, what made you want to join the company? Yeah. So a couple different things, you know, because there are so many companies, you know, that are out there, um, you know, in a lot of big brands and stuff like that. One of the things that I connected with was that it was a little bit of an unknown brand. Like I had no idea what First Form was until that day, you know, but I kind of liked the uniqueness of it. Right. And I kind of liked hey, like this is a little bit different. I haven't heard of it. Let me dive in and and look into it. And so after I bought the product, I actually went to the website, you know, and it was a very simple website at the time. And it just simply had like the core values and the mission statement of like, hey, we're basically normal dudes here from the Midwest that believe in, you know, eating and fueling your body with good nutrition. We believe in drinking your water. We believe in simplifying the complex, focusing on the basics. And if you're going to take supplements, take quality supplements that you're actually going to get a benefit from rather than taking five, six, seven, eight, nine different things. And, you know, after losing weight, like I had tried all the little individual ingredients and, you know, you hear about, oh, take, you know, chromium, take green tea extract, do this, do this. And like all these things. And like my brain was just like, okay, this seems like a lot. It shouldn't be this hard. And so I connected with, you know, that message out of the gate. And then reading through, you know, the core values and reading through like the mission statement of of why they got started, I was like, hey, I can kind of get behind this. Like, and and then when I started seeing results with doing the nutrition and my workouts and, you know, the supplements added in, like I started feeling a little bit better. And it just, you know, I became kind of, it became part of my identity per se of like, hey, no, I, I do this, you know, I want to simplify this. And, and, you know, it just made it a lot easier, took a lot of stress off me. And I think, that's where the kind of that bond was created with me and the brand um, before there was even a social media presence. Like, like I said, I didn't even know who the guys were that started the company. I just, I connected with that. It was working for me. Um, and at a time in my life, I was just like, man, I got, there's gotta be an easier way. There's gotta be a better way. Like yeah. I'm all over the board. Yeah, no, this is really interesting stuff for me because I, culture, culture is so important in, building successful teams, successful organization, even your own culture, the culture that you have for yourself in in becoming a successful human being, whatever success means to you, culture is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain level of honesty and authenticity about the guys that started the company, you know, Andy and Sal first and foremost, but I know that there's Chris involved and a bunch of others, but those guys are just, they're just brutally honest about everything, about themselves, about their shortcomings, about their strengths, about their weaknesses, the things that they are looking to accomplish. There's no fucking lies and bullshit and any of this kind of trying to sell people a bag of goods. It just is what it is. And especially in a space like the supplement industry, where there is a lot of like kind of bait and switch stuff that goes on, these guys really, it's, you notice it immediately. They're real. It's authentic. It's honest. 
Have you guys encountered now that you're seven plus years in yeah. at first form and you've done amazing stuff. And I want to talk about a bunch of that stuff. What's it like when somebody joins the team and you notice that they're kind of going against the grain or it doesn't, it doesn't automatically click. Is it what happens at that point? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it is, you know, understanding, you know, first and foremost, because at, at the first, you know, when I was a little bit younger of a leader and, you know, uh, very just like emotional at times, I would just get super upset. I, you know, and I, it, it would like affect me. I'd be like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, that's not how we do things, you know? And I would like jump down their throat. But then I realized that like what we have in that culture is unique here, right? And so for me, I had never experienced anything like it or the standard in which we operate and how we take care of things, even, even down to like wiping out the water fountain, you know, if the water splashes too much, you know? And like, if it gets all over the sides, you got to clean that up. If it's in the little bowl, okay, leave it, right? Like that's what the water fountain is for, right? To drink. Um, but it's like little things like that, that, you know, I wasn't aware of that. So who am I to like start jumping down someone's throat right away, you know, just thinking that they should know how we operate at that level. And so it's a coaching opportunity, you know? And so it's an opportunity to say, Hey man, like, dude, I, I, I see what you did there. I know that, you know, cause another thing is like, nobody makes the wrong decision on purpose. So I had to learn that too, right? Like everybody wants to do the right thing. So it's like, okay, Hey, I see what you're trying to do here. You know, I want to just show you how we do things here just that way in the future, you know, because, Hey, if, you know, Andy or Sal or someone walks past, I don't want you to, you know, look like you don't know what you're doing. So let me, let me show you what the standard is here. And then that way, you know, moving forward. Right. And so that's kind of the first coaching thing. And then the second thing, you know, they do it again, right? Like maybe whatever it is, they're not like fitting in or, you know, they're going against the grain. It's like, Hey man, like, I know that we've addressed this. Like I've personally told you, you know, what the standard is or how we operate or how we communicate. You know, I just want to make sure, you know, was I not clear? What, you know, what questions do you have? What can I clarify? Right. You know, then it's like, okay, then, then the third time, if it happens again, it's like, Hey man, at this point you make that mistake again. Like I'm gonna send you home. Right. Like, dude, that's not how we operate around here. That's not what, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we tie things back to, you know, our core values and the culture and, and what we do as a community and like the bigger impact. And so, um, you know, that's kind of like the one, two, three of addressing those things. But I think one crucial piece that I missed of that, you know, is really being able to explain like how we do things, why we do things and why we don't do things another way. Right. So it's like kind of hitting it from all three angles. That's kind of like that first coaching point. Um, and then, you know, from there, after that third or fourth time, you know, like that's typically where that person kind of starts figuring out, like they just, maybe they don't fit in. Maybe yeah. this isn't the right spot for them. And that's totally cool. I, I agree with you. I think that there's a certain amount of education that needs to go into the process of building a culture and setting an expectation. And then also having a certain level of, of grace and understanding for people as they're learning the ropes, Right. You've got yeah. to set the expectation. First of all, if you're not setting the fucking expectation and people are going all over the place, you have to look in the mirror and be like, well, that was my fault. I didn't set the right expectation. Then mm -hmm. the second thing that you said, I think is spot on as well, that, you know, you have this opportunity essentially to be a coach and coach these people towards where things need to go and have them understand not only what, but why, right? Understanding right. the why behind it. And that third part, I agree with you as well. When it's just like, hey, third or fourth strike, this might not be the place for you. And, and there's, there's a certain level of, 
I guess, quote unquote, being okay with having that conversation that I think, you know, both coaches and owners and anybody who's running a team or an organization, you need to, you need to be able to, at some point, have that conversation as well, because it, it can't, it can't be for everybody all the time. And somebody who's constantly going against the grain at some point is going to start pulling other people down. Right. For sure. For sure. And I, I would tell you, you know, I think that that's, you know, an area where a lot of people struggle is being able to have that conversation because they look at it as like a tough conversation. I know I did, you know, I was like, Ooh, man, I don't, I don't want to make that person mad, but I know what they're doing isn't right. And it's like, you know, Sal taught me a long time ago was like, Hey, you are what you tolerate. Right. So it's like, you know, being able to just address that, it doesn't have to be rude or mean, or, you know, like that's all stuff we build in our brain, you know, but when you think about the bigger mission and the bigger goal and the team, it's like, okay, you know, they're going against that has a bigger impact than you just addressing it in a very, you know, what straightforward manner of saying, Hey, look, like, I just want to bring this to your attention or, Hey, I'm not sure if you even know you're doing this or, Hey, we've talked about this and it doesn't have to be some big, you know, blow up. Now, believe me, we've had plenty of, you know, our blow ups and fights and things over the years here, but you know, in the most part, it's not really a tough conversation. It's just something we build in our own head that it's like, ah, oh, this person is going to be mad, but yeah. it's like, eh, it's just the truth, you know? Yeah. And it's much, it's much less of a tough conversation. And I think that this is really important. It's much less of a tough conversation if steps one and steps two are followed through on, if you set the expectation, if you've done gone through the coaching exercises, by the time that you have to have the, Hey, this might not be the right place for you type of conversation. That person probably already has a pretty decent understanding that this might not be the right place for me. But I wanted to ask you something, you know, one of the things I was so super impressed by, and I've been to a ton of fucking gyms, a ton of facilities, and you guys have a pristine facility. It is unbelievable. If you haven't checked out what the new first form HQ looks like, you should go online and check out the pictures, go to their social media and check it out. But down to the most granular detail of putting all of the weights away in the gym with the numbers, all facing the right direction. I, I've, I think I've told everybody who I've talked to about this trip about that level of expectation that in the gym, every single weight is put away with the number facing the right direction. And it's not something that's quote unquote policed by any sort of crew that runs around and, Hey, this is the paid janitorial crew that fixes all the weights. No, it's the fucking people who work at the company who work and work out in the gym, who put the weights away the right way. If somebody was to say to you, that standard is crazy. And I'm not saying that it is, but what would you say to them about that? What, what's the response there? I would say good, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's a differentiating thing, you know, because it's, it's that small little detail that like most people think doesn't matter, right? Like, Oh, well, I mean, the weights are back. They're in the right spot. The 25s are where the 25s go, but it's that little bit of how do you make it perfect? Right. How do you, how do you make it as best as possible? Right. And like that carries over into like, everything that you do, you know, we talk about it all the time from, you know, keeping your car clean doesn't mean like, oh man, you get one speck of dust and you got to go run it through the car wash, but, you know, making sure that you, every part of your life is like well put together and it's attention to those details because yeah, you get tired and you're like, ah, put the dumbbells back or put the plates back or whatever. And it's like, it's crooked. And you're like, you have that moment of like, all right, I could let it go. 
But it's like, no, it's being able to train your brain to acknowledge those moments of where you kind of sort of want to cut a corner. And you're like, all right, this is going to take me less than two seconds to go back and fix it and just make it right and then move on. Right. And so, you know, that gym and really, you know, anything, like I said, even the water fountain stuff or, you know, uh, really anything, it's like, hey, counters. Yeah. It's like wiping those. Yeah. Wiping those things down, you know, because it helps prevent us from falling into that mindset of like, oh, that's someone else's job or, oh, someone else will get that or, oh, it doesn't matter when in reality it does matter. All of those little things, you know, do matter. And if people think it's crazy, like, okay, that's fine. Like they, once again, they don't understand, you know, our culture and our standard and that's okay. Like I don't hold that against them. Like they might've never seen anything like that. So that's totally fine. Whatever. For us, you know, that's what it means to us. And like, so it's, yeah, it's really just a self-policed thing, you know? And once again, it helps us also have some of those tough conversations because, you know, the new guys and girls, they come in and like, you know, that, that, that one is crooked and you're like, all right, now I either have to call that out and go have that little tiny conversation and just show them how it's done or I don't, right? And it's a little, it's a little way that people can get comfortable with addressing things that isn't right, right? Or that isn't to our standard or that, you know, needs to be addressed. And so then when the bigger things happen, they're more comfortable with addressing that because it's easy to say, Hey man, look, you gotta go fix that dumbbell. It's a little crooked. Oh yeah. My bad, man. Okay, cool. Hey, just wanted to let you know, right? Like no big deal, but it gets people comfortable having that conversation because it's very easy and you put it back the correct way or not. There's no, there's no gray area. And I'll be a hundred percent transparent with you. When I first got to first form, first of all, like I said, blown away by everything, everyone there. But when I walked into the gym, I was like, dude, this is a little fucking crazy. Like this is a little (laughs) bit crazy, but in about three seconds, my mind went from being, this is a little bit crazy to anything is possible. If you set the right standard, because I, like I said, I've been in gyms for the past 15 years of my life, and I've seen a lot of really clean gyms, but I've also seen a lot of gyms in out of the NC Fit gyms included, but we've made a lot of excuses sometimes for things not being the way that we want them to be or the way that they could be by simply not expecting the most out of whether it's our coaches or head coaches or athletes. And what I wanted, what that made me realize was that you can set an expectation almost anywhere. And as long as the leadership, which all those guys do, and they follow it to the T probably more than anybody, as long as those guys are doing it, it's going to trickle down the ladder and everybody else is going to follow along. Mm -hmm. I was really, really impressed by that. And, um, you know, for anybody out there who's looking to get their gym to a new level of cleanliness, it is possible. It will take some retraining. It will take a setting of an expectation of an implementing of a culture, but you can do it. You can get there. You know, in terms of what you do formally at First Form, Will, your title is Director of Education, yep. but you joined the company seven, eight plus years ago and it wasn't always really clear what you would be doing within the company. Tell me a little bit about like the journey from where you started to where you ended up. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I jumped straight in right after, you know, college graduation and, uh, 
you know, really just had an opportunity of, you know, working at supplement superstores, a retail location, you know, making minimum wage as the low man on the totem pole, uh, you know, typical story of in-student loan debt. You know, I had about $217 in my bank account and I just was like, well, I'm going to give it everything I got for one year, you know, because I still didn't even know necessarily the true opportunity that I had. But hearing Andy talk about the mission of both companies and where he wants to go and changing the fitness industry for the better and, you know, the impact that we can have on people's lives. I was like, all right, I can get behind that. So for one year, I'm going to give it everything I got. I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm going to run really fast. And so that's how I got started. You know, I got started midway through the year. And by the first company meeting, I realized that like, hey, there's like these awards, like you can get like hardest worker, you can get these things. And at that age, I was still in a, in a mindset of like, I just wanted to hear my name called, right? Like I was just like, I want to be better than everybody. So this gave me a little competition of like, all right, if I work really hard, if I do these things, like I can, I can get my name called. So that's what I did. I worked really hard, got my name called, started kind of building my reputation. And then, you know, really when I made the switch from supplement superstores, um, about a year and two months or so in to working at first form is when like my maturity went up of like, okay, I'm past this. Like, I just want to beat everybody thing. Now I want to win, like truly win as a team and as an organization and like, you know, move from there. And that's where, you know, Sal asked me to give up my goals with supplement superstores of opening uh, a location down in Atlanta by my brother, which everyone knew that's what I wanted to do. And he's like, Hey, I want you to come work for me. And without even knowing what I was doing, I was like, sure, I'm in. Team needs me, I'm in, whatever, you know? And then by the end of lunch, I was like, by the way, what am I doing? And he's like, all right, I need you to, you know, answer customer service emails. I got to ask you a question about that. Yeah. That's really, really interesting to me because you had a plan and a vision of what your future was going to look like. You had an understanding of, hey, I like this company. I like this guy, Andy. I like this guy, Sal. I believe in what these guys do. I also believe that I want to open up one of the branches in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and Sal comes to you and says, Hey, listen, I I want you to follow me. What, what made you say yes without knowing where you were going? Really? It's uh, you know, how Sal carried himself in every interaction that I saw him partake in over that first year and two months. Right. Like I had only talked with Sal maybe three or four times. Like I didn't, I didn't really know Sal, but when he would come to the company meetings and, you know, when he would talk, when he would, you know, how he dressed, how he carried himself, like, cause it's not, it was just a very normal dude who was willing to help everybody. And, you know, understanding that that's the mission and that's the mission of first form, you know, because I'd learned more about the the mission of first form um, through working in supplement superstores and understanding, you know, that Andy was, uh, you know, owner of both companies. I was like, okay, well, cool. Like I get it. And so I was, you know, kind of doing everything I could to help out. And like I said, I was committed to like, I'm going to run really fast and whatever the team needs, I'm in. And so I've always respected Sal, you know, and the few conversations that we had, great conversations. They weren't like, Hey, how's the weather? Like we, we talked about life. We talked about what I was struggling with. You know, he asked me, you know, about my relationships and where, you know, like just, he got to know me, you know, and he invested time in me, which I, which once again, meant a lot, you know, especially out of school, trying to figure out what I was doing. Um, And so, you know, I actually told my, my dad, uh, I was like, man, you know, I'll work for Andy and Sal for the rest of my life, as long as they'll have me, you know, this was like two or three months in, you know, because they'd already made such an impression. And then, 
you know, when he offered that opportunity, I was like, cool, I'm in, whatever, like, let's go. And, you know, started again, not, not started over, you know, but started again at the bottom of, you know, first form, because there was only seven employees at that time. And I was like, number eight, um, you know, coming in to help out with uh, customer service emails, specifically weight loss, um, you know, both male and female, because I'd gone through my own journey. Um, and at this point was, you know, starting to get in better shape. And I kind of knew the ins and the outs and the pitfalls and could relate to people. And, uh, you know, so I did that, you know, I was like, cool, I'll just answer emails all day. <laughs> I, I know this conversation for some is going to sound like a really long advertisement for first form. But what I want to ensure everybody is I have no formal sponsorship relationship with first form. I just went there and I was fucking blown away by the level of pride, leadership, team, camaraderie, community, and more than anything else, Will on the show today is just echoing how fucking important it is to have a strong culture, to have strong leadership, to, to find out things about people and to buy into people and invest in people. And that is everything. And that's what this is like. I'm so fired up about this conversation because the things that you're saying, Will, honestly, it's really challenging within the coaching and affiliate and CrossFit and small gym space. And a lot of my listeners are involved in that stuff because people find themselves at these weird crossroads where it's like, I want to do this thing for the rest of my life, but I don't know whether or not I believe that the path is fully clear for me mm -hmm. or whether or not I'm able to make this happen. And I have my own dreams, but you know, I want to, I want to go this direction. And what you're saying right now is just so powerful for, for me and for listeners out there. And um, tell me a little bit more about, so you're in first form and you're employee number eight, number nine, and it's a smaller company at this point. I, yeah. I would imagine that the path to director of education didn't look like, well, I'm an intern and then I'm intern level one, and then I'm an associate <laughs> manager, and then I'm a manager yeah. and then director of management it probably yeah. had some uncertainty along the way. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was no path. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the truth. Like there was, it was, Hey, um, we're trying to grow this thing right now. We need someone to help support, you know, our family and, you know, people that have questions, can you help? Sure. And it was like, I had no idea, you know, really what the path was, but something that my father instilled with me, you know, when I was a little kid, you know, it was like, Hey, if you're a good human and you work hard, you can figure everything else out. Right. And so for me to have that, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to try to do the best that I can. And I truly believe that like, okay, if you do that, everything else will happen right now. It might take longer. It might not be in the right path or in the right Avenue that you think, but like, if you truly invest in that, like, okay, at the end of the day, you can one, lay your head down at night and, you know, go to sleep, but two, like, you're going to have a lot of pride in what you do, you know? And so for me, like, that's where I always just hunkered down and was like, all right, well, if this is my role, this is what I'm going to do. And I understood that like, Hey, as the company grows, there will be more opportunities, but it wasn't, Hey, there's going to be the director of education. And in between there, like, you know, I started managing Facebook, you know, for, for the company, I had no idea about Facebook. Like, you know, I was like, I don't know, like, sure. I can figure this out, mm -hmm. you know? And then it was like, 
hey, let me uh, get involved with our Legionnaire program. Let me, you know, figure out how to do, you know, some of the product testing and training and stuff like that. Like, okay, cool. Like, and it was really how the company grew was like bits and pieces of, you know, Sal's job, Jason's job, some of the higher ups jobs, like as they, as they were taking on new opportunities, it's like, oh, well, we need someone to handle this little thing. So now that's part of Will's job or part of Aaron's job or part of, you know, Jake Taylor's job or whatever. And it was like, and that's where the joke came in of like, hey, what's your job title? I'm like, oh, you know, and, and <laughs> until like the last year, I didn't even have a job title. It's just like, I just, I'm involved, you know, yeah. which I love because every day is a little bit different. And I think for some people, you know, without the right mindset of understanding, like in the belief in what you're doing, that could drive you crazy oh, because there sure. is no, there is no stair step. It's not like, Hey, if I work here X amount of time, I get this. It's just, well, I'm going to try really hard. I believe in, you know, my upper level leadership that they're going to take care of me. They're investing in me. I'm investing in them. And if we work really hard together, we're going to get there. You know, it's very similar to like, you know, being on a, you know, a football team in that sense, like, Hey, everybody's got a role and you know, like you just got to execute on that and we can win a lot of games, you yeah. know? So like, it, it was just something I connected with out of the gate and just that true belief of like, all right, I'm going to hunker in, I'm going to do this. And as opportunities come, I want to make sure that my name is at the top of the list of who could potentially handle that and, you know, take it on and uh, excel from there. Yeah. That's not a, um, well, first of all, I want to congratulate you because it, there's a tremendous amount of hard work and effort and belief in not only the people around you, but belief in yourself that, you're going to make these things happen. And that kind of situation sometimes is not for the faint of heart because that's always not easy to be in a system like that where things are growing, things are happening, but there's no formal path. There's nothing that's promised about, hey, this is going to be my next job, my next pay raise, my next opportunity. It's in some senses like a, a meritocracy that everybody's invested in that if we all work hard, we're all going to win together. Right. And that, especially in like the culture of, Hey, you have to go off to school. You have to get a degree. You have to join a firm. You have to go from associate manager to manager. The pressure of that can get heavy on people. I know that I've felt that pressure before. Um, but this kind of, it just underscores again, it underscores again, the, the importance of the leaders, the leaders, and then the culture again. Mm -hmm. But did you ever have any moments of like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, am, is this the right way? Like I could be in Atlanta running a supplement superstore right now. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, no, I, I, I had more moments like that than I could count, you know, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I'm supposed to technically be a third grade elementary school teacher. I remember you saying that, yeah. you know, like, um, so my family, you know, besides a couple, you know, thought I was crazy, you know, like, what do you mean? You're not going to go teach. You're going to go work at a supplement store. Like, what are you doing? You know? And like all these things. And, you know, I, for the first couple of years until they started to see like an actual path, right? Like there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of disbelief in my friends and my family. And like, I'm no longer friends with a lot of the people that I went to school with, whether it's high school, college, like not because once again, they're bad people, but like, Hey, I got to do what's best for me in this situation and this opportunity. And, you know, I, I mean, I've called my brother and be like, man, did I make the wrong decision? Like, dude, I, I'm about ready to throw in the towel. Like, this is hard. Like, 
I mean, there's nights and days where like not sleeping and staying up and like doing whatever it takes to get the job done and like thinking that I'm crazy. And then it's like, well, maybe they're crazy. I don't know who's crazy, you know, like, and, and so, you know, what I always went back to though, was thinking about like, okay, well, like, why not do it? I mean, cause like, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen, you know, like at the end of the day, okay, if this doesn't work out, like, well, I've learned some cool stuff along the way. I, I, I'm definitely a better human. Like, I don't know. I'm going to keep giving it everything that I got, you know, and, and I would break it down to simple things of like, all right, there's a lot to do, but I can't worry about all that. Right. I got to just focus on what's right in front of me. And I also, you know, had that mindset, but I also thought about, okay, the team needs me. Right. And whether they really did or not. Right. Like, because I'm replaceable, like I'm not anyone special in the grand scheme of things, but I would position it in my brain of like, Sal needs me. Andy needs me. More importantly, the person on the other end of this email, they need me, right? Mm-hmm. They need me to help them, right? The person on the other end of this phone call, they need me. And when you position it as someone needs you, like it helps fuel you, right? Like I think that that's when like you can push that little extra distance of whether it's your career or whatever it is. Like when people are counting on you, you hear it all the time in fitness. Like, why do you want to get in shape? Oh, cause I'm going to have a, a son or a daughter and I want to be the best for them. Now I can't relate to that. And I didn't know that I was kind of doing that all along my journey because I mean, I don't have kids, but I would position it as, okay, you know, my family, my future family needs me. Okay. Hey, in this moment, this customer needs me. This could be the last time yeah. that they try to get in shape. And I would like pin it to myself where it's like, all right, I got to give it everything I got. And it made the work valuable to me, at least even when it was like mundane as hell is like, you know, counting t-shirts in the back or answering, you know, Hey, how do you take this? You know? And it's like, obviously the directions are on the bottle, but that doesn't matter. Like they have a question. It's my job to answer them. And if, and if I, you know, if they don't have a question, I don't have a job. So it's like, they need me. I need them. Like, and so between those two things of like, you know, why not just go for it? Cause I mean, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen. And also like positioning it, and building the importance, you know, and making it truly significant, you know, like, Hey, they need me. Whereas two things that helped me through all those times where it's like, yeah, I'm probably pretty crazy at this point, or maybe some, you know, like, and, and you have all that self doubt, um, along the way. But to me, that's what helped me. No, that's really powerful stuff. Will. you know, both of those things, you know, that idea of really never being stuck or never being in this place of permanence where, you can go, I can make a decision at any point here. Like I'm in control. I can choose to go and run after this and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go back. Or if you're in a position, let's pretend you're not in a position like you're at at first form where you're in a, in a place that has no culture or bad leadership, or you don't understand, or you're not bought into the mission. It doesn't mean that that's your place of permanence. You can always pick yourself up and go and find something or start over. Yeah. The other thing you said there is really powerful as well. And, you know, these conversations that, um, you know, we're having here today, it's really, I think, special for me because there's a lot of coaches out there who might look at their place within an organization and might be questioning what they're doing or why they're doing it and, and might want to give up. But, then going back and realizing just how powerful the impacts that you're having on the athletes or the community yeah. or your team members or the owners or the organization. 
it's a lot harder to quit on others than it is to quit on yourself. And I'm really, really glad you underscored those. I mean, this is, this is really important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I got to ask you, and I want to have you back on because we're so much stuff that we haven't even talked about in terms of like yeah. the director of education and all of the amazing things that you guys do for your customers through the transformation challenge and the unique perspective that you take on coaching at first form. But one of the, one of the main reasons I had reached out to you to talk to you was you recently kind of decided on a whim to go out and run a hundred miles in laps around the fucking building at first form. <laughs> yeah. And it took you about 20, 20 and a half hours, 21 hours. Tell us a little bit about like, what was that all about? Cause that's something that zero point zero zero one percent of humanity has ever probably done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a couple different things, you know, it, um, it was one, obviously a personal challenge, you know, for myself, but, you know, I, I kind of look at it as continually proving to myself, you know, that I can do more, um, you know, and also making sure that I'm not a hypocrite. Okay. Um, because when you think about that, like, it's not, you know, yes, I kind of did it on a whim considering like, Hey, I decided on a Thursday at noon and then <laughs> I went and ran it the next morning at 4.00 AM. But what I had been working towards over the last five years put me in a position to do that. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's really like kind of the message in the story because, you know, five years ago I was challenged to run a half marathon in less than 30 days. And at that point I'd never run more than a 5k. And I was like, what? You got to think this is coming from the fat kid that cried the first time he ran a mile. Cause my legs chafed so bad because they were just like glued together for a mile. Right. Like I was like, Whoa, this is not my jam, you know? And I don't, I don't like running, right? Like I, I can run and everybody yeah. can run, you know, theoretically. Right. And so, beings, yeah. yeah. And it's like, to me, running that first half marathon was kind of like a little crack behind, you know, the, the curtain of like, okay. Like I thought that running a half marathon was like so hard, right? Like there's no way I could do it. I've only ran a 5k. That's like four times as far. Like we got to do it in 30 days. Like that's going to hurt. That's going to be terrible. Right. But I did it and I got done and I was like, man, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, yes, the next day I could barely walk. Right. And I was so beat up. I was like, I don't know what happened. That hit me like a train. Right. But then it's like, okay, year and a half, two years went by. Someone was like, Hey, we're going to run a marathon in, you know, basically 12 weeks. We've been training. You should just jump in and, and do it with us. And I was like, man, I haven't run over a half marathon in X amount of Same time. Same conversation, different yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay. So I, I kind of trained for it. You know, I ran three days a week doing two short runs, a little bit longer run, nothing over 18 miles. Cause I was like, nah, I don't like to run. I'm not running that far. Not going to happen. So I did it. Right. And then come to find out I did really well. Um, and then two weeks later, there was another marathon because oh I had missed gosh. the yeah. Boston qualifying time by five minutes. And so Sal was like, Will, you almost qualified for Boston. And I was like, really? I was like, ah, oh, well, cool. Well, let me, I'm gonna try it again. I can do it. I know I can do it. I can shave five minutes. I can do it. So the bet was, Hey, if you, if you qualify, you know, I'll go run it with you. So the next two weeks later went and ran another one. And once again, I, I pushed myself mentally where that while you're out there running every step of the way, you have an opportunity to give up, right? 
every step of the way, like you can slow down because you're, you know, no one knows what's going on internally, but you do. And that's what I learned to love about running was that it helped me with that mental battle when everything was pushing against me, when it doesn't really matter, when I could do whatever I wanted, I'm in control of my body. There's no team depending on me. There's no, you know, bike for me to get a flat tire. There's no, there's nothing. It's literally you and whether or not you're going to continue to give your best effort or not, because at the end of the day, like anybody, you know, anybody can cover the distance, right? I always use the analogy like, hey, if you want to run a marathon and you did one mile a day for 26 days, okay, you could say you ran a marathon, right? It just took you 26 days to do it. That's your finish time. So you can cover the distance, right? But are you going to be proud at how hard and how fast and how well you covered that distance? To me, that's what I started challenging myself to, right? And so it's like, okay, like, I'm going to make sure that I run this thing so doggone hard. I'm going to give it everything I got and truly give it everything I have so that I'd never have to run a marathon again. Right. That was what I was telling myself at the time. And I did, you know, and I qualified for Boston and like I beat my time and like all that, all that stuff. But then it's like, okay, two years later, it's like, well, you haven't really done anything hard. Like you haven't really pushed yourself. Like, you know, we hear all the time, you got to push yourself. You got to get uncomfortable. Yes. I train CrossFit. I like to think that I train hard. I like to do these things, but to me, what is so pure about running and why I choose that as like my, you know, go run until you can't type of uh, mentality is because it is a hundred percent up to you. So I was like, all right, well, there's a 50 K trail run, never done a trail run before in my life. And this is 32 miles. Let's do it. Right. Went, did that, right? Well, then started like thinking, all right, what scares me? Because at this point I was confident. I was like, hey, you know what? There's, you know, I've done, a, you know, uh, uh, a half Ironman. I've done this, I've done that. Like even doing a regular Ironman, which I still haven't done because I made a commitment to Sal. I won't do one until he does one. Doesn't, it didn't worry me. It didn't bother me. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get it done. Okay, cool. But running a hundred miles in under 24 hours, when that thought crossed my mind, it was like, yeah, I could do it. And then you start, well, could you really, could you really do it? Well, I don't know. I think I could, I'm pretty mentally tough. I could do this. Well, sometimes you got to prove it to yourself. Right. Yeah. And as, as we tell our customers and as we tell our friends and our family, like, Hey, you got to push yourself. You got to get uncomfortable. You know, you have to, you know, if I'm going to tell my team that I'm working towards bettering myself, you know, okay, well, I need to do that. I need to lead by example and I need to embody that, right? And so then in October of 2020, I decided, you know what? I'm tired of having this hundred mile thing in the back of my brain. I'm going to run and it's either going to break me or I'm going to get it done. And it broke me. I mean, it was the first- You had given it a shot prior. Yeah, so I gave it a shot. Uh, Once again, not really with any like formal training going into it. I was just like, I'm going to leave my front door we didn't tell anybody um, except for like Sal and a couple of people. I took a personal day at work and I just went out my front door with a camel back on. And I was like, I'm going to run a hundred miles or it's going to break me before I go home. And I got to like 70 something miles. And at that point I couldn't even shuffle my legs enough because my hip flexors had locked up so much. And I was like, so dehydrated that like, you know, like the ramp to get up on the sidewalk, like when you cross the street, I couldn't even get up that. So I had to like go sideways Cause I couldn't go forward and lift my feet up like tall enough to do wow. it. So, um, Sal had to come literally pick me up cause I couldn't move, take me home. And, you know, as a whole ordeal, you can ask him about it sometime. Um, and so I failed, failed per se. Yeah. Right. But I reached my limit. 
And, you know, we talk about all the time of like pushing your limits and it's like, you know, I wanted to see if it was going to break me and it did, you know? And so I figured out, okay, well, Will, you can't run a hundred miles in under a day yet. Yeah. So it weighed on me for the last three, four months. Um, And then finally I was like, I can't take it any longer. I know I can do it. I believe I can do it. And uh, so decided I'm going to do it and was like, I'm just going to run laps around the building until it's done. And uh, did you run a continuous or did you stop and walk or how, how did you, how did you yeah. break it up? But so there's so much stuff. Uh, this is so fucking mind blowing for me because like <laughs> ever, the, first of all, I think that we, when we say that we're getting uncomfortable generally with like CrossFit workouts, a lot of us really enjoy that level of discomfort and not really putting ourselves in, in all too much discomfort there. But something like this is like anybody on walking the face of the earth would be like, yeah, that's, that's uncomfortable. That's kind of crazy. What was the, what was the strategy for the managing the distance? Yeah. So um, really slowing down a little bit um, to ultimately go faster is what it came down to. Cause you know, running the first one, you know, I had a game plan. You get all excited. Once again, I was overconfident, you know, basically I, I was cocky at that point. We were running way too fast um, and just burnt myself up, got dehydrated, got behind. So for this, I was like, Hey, I'm gonna slow it down. You know, I know I want to go sub 24 hours. So I paced it out of, you know, every 10 miles, basically I needed to get done in two hours and 10 minutes, which would put me done at 21 hours and 40 minutes. So that was like, my mental checkpoints. You're pretty close it, to that. That was pretty damn close. Well, I ended up at uh, 19 hours and 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I, I was like, okay, I got to stay on this pace. I want to keep my heart rate below 140 if I can at all possible. And I'm going to basically run two miles and walk a half a mile. And in between on those half mile walks, that's where I'll fuel. Okay. Um, that's where I'll, you know, drink, you know, some intraformance. I ate a whole loaf of bread and a whole jar of peanut butter and a whole jar of jelly, making peanut butter and jellies over that 19 hours. Um, but that's what sat well on my stomach. And so since I had my truck parked in the, uh, in the parking lot, I would, and it's 0.53 miles around, um, I would essentially run, you know, four laps, and then walk a lap. And as I went past my truck, if I needed water or if I needed food or if I needed whatever, I could, I could grab it. And my slogan of the day was miles or miles. That's what I kept telling myself. So I would just grab it and I would start walking because it's like, Hey, look, I'm gonna be out here a long time. So as far as like an actual break, I never like sat down longer than, or actually I never sat because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get back up. Um, you know, but I would like stand and like make a PB and J real quick and then just start walking again and, and do it that way. Um, and just, you know, try to stay, try to stay moving. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, that's, it's, it's a really special accomplishment in so many ways because of not only the previous attempt that you went out and, you know, you got to 70 or 73 miles and then you kind of physically broke down, but then how you, wouldn't let yourself be defeated by that. And then came back and came back smarter with better strategy and, and better will to, to complete it. Did you, in, in the second attempt, when you were successful, were there any points where you're like, again, kind of similar to your journey at first form or any points when you're like, yeah, what the fuck, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I yeah. doing this right now? go inside to this beautiful facility and go sit in the locker room in a nice chair for a little bit. Like, Uh 
What were you thinking? No, I mean, absolutely. Again, Um, you know, and I would say there was only two points where I really thought about quitting, like actually thought about, you know, quitting, because once again, I wasn't, you know, I didn't put it all on social media. I wasn't doing this for anything other than for myself. Right. And even, you know, as people were showing up for work, they had no idea, but word started trickling around. They're like, Oh, Will's going for it, you know? And, and so that was kind of a cool little story in itself. Some people came out and ran like a few miles with me, um, you know, had a couple of people that ran a, a, a good amount, but anyway, at about 50, I was like, well, that's good enough for a Friday morning. Like you could quit Will because you are just now halfway. It's going to get cold. It's going to get dark. Nobody knows that you're doing it. You could still go home right now, shower, clean up, you could go to dinner with friends on a Friday night. You could, you know, eat what you want. You've earned it. Like you could tell them that, Hey, I was going to run 50. Yeah, exactly. I could change up my game plan. And I was like, no, that's not right. That's not right. And so then that was one time. And then when I got to about 60, okay, I was like, okay, Hey man, you still got a long way to go. You know? And like that little voice, you know, starts creeping in, you know? And it's like, dude, 60 miles, you know, that's over two marathons that you've just knocked out. Like you're good. You're good. Mm. And it's like, no, keep going. But I'll tell you what the, so those are like the two main times, but the, the hardest part. Okay. And, and is the constant desire to slow down, Mm. right? The constant desire to once again, like, Hey, Will, like you're ahead of your schedule. You should probably, you should probably stop. Right. Or you should slow down or it's okay to take the break or it's it's, okay to take this mile off. And yeah, dude, you know what, this next mile, you should go a little bit slower. Right. Um, and, and the other part of that is, is that I ran the whole thing without music or a podcast or anything to distract me. Um, you're a fucking crazy person. (laughs) That's that's a whole new level. That's a whole new level now. Oh my but, God, David Goggins type of stuff. I love that. But it's, it's, it's where you learn so much about that mental battle. Like, Oh yeah. Because like, that's what I learned with running. It transfers over. Like when you're doing your emails or you're doing all these things and you're like, man, it doesn't matter. Or, Oh, I can kind of skate by on this or, Oh, you know, I, you know what, I don't want to have to stay up a little bit later or, Oh, I, you know, this is uncomfortable or like, it's like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Right. And so being able to fight that demon for 19, 20 hours of like holding yourself to the standard, because I told myself I was going to give my best effort. Yes. The goal was to, you know, go under 24 hours. Yes. The goal was to hit those checkpoints, but I want to run this thing to where I'm proud. Mm -hmm. And I want to give the effort that I'm proud of, not the effort that gets the job done, the effort that gets the job done. And I'm proud of it. And that's what I kept coming back to because, and I would trick myself at times because I'd say, all right, well, at the end of this, the next mile, okay, you're going to walk. And then, yeah, we'll slow it. We'll slow it down. Well, I would walk and then I would run at the same pace. Like if you look at my Garmin watch, it is almost to the second, like the same pace, you know, running about nine thirty miles, just clipping them off, clipping them off and then walk, clipping them off, clipping them off and then walk. And it's like, tricked yourself a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes you got to play the game, you know, oh, like yeah, I get it. Sure. I'd be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here, here, here's the deal. Okay. The next one, you know, and, and towards the end, you know, I did fall off pace, obviously like I, by, by mile 90, it really was like, okay, is everything I got to run a mile. 
And then I'm going to, I'm going to walk almost a mile, like whatever I got to do to keep just, you know, like eventually the plan does go out the window. Right. Yeah. But, but that was further, further enough, further enough down the road that I was like, okay, I know I'm going to finish it. Granted, you know, I don't get cocky and stop drinking water. I, you know, stop eating. Like I start trying to like, you know, and like, really you got to focus on even like your steps at that point. Cause like, sure. you know, your, you know, your whole body is just like, all I could do is go straight. I couldn't go side to side. Like, it's just like, anyway, but it's like, just keep focusing on that next step. Keep focused on moving forward. Um, and even though like, it's not the exact plan, I was still giving my effort of like, no, 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 you fought this demon the whole time. Yeah. I'm still winning that battle. Like your body is, a, is in no man's land. Like I'd never gone over 70. So this is all new territory. It was breaking down. I was like, keep going, keep going. Um, but like I said, I mean, that's what I like about running because while I don't like to run, I mean, you're not going to find me just throwing on the casual, you know, the running shoes really, and just going for a jog. Like, but what it's taught me over the last five years of that, that mental battle of with yourself, of that self-doubt of that, can I really do it? Why does it matter? No one's going to know, but me. Well, that's the big deal, you yeah. know? And to me, that's what it always pinned it back to of like, no, man, like, you got to do it. It's up to you. If you really want to say you're going to do it, now's your time. So. Absolutely amazing stuff and a um, incredibly valuable lesson and a conversation that I'm really thankful I was able to have with you and, and everything that you just talked about within that hundred miles, really a metaphor for everything that you've experienced in your career at first form, you know, the, the putting one foot in front of the other and trusting in your body and your training and knowing that, you know, this is, this is the way through this discomfort and uncertainty that, you know, there's amazing things on the other side. Yeah. Well, I know you're uh, I know you're a busy man here and I want to, I want to let you go and get after the rest of your day, but I would love to have you back on and talk much yeah. more in depth about go more into everything that you accomplished with the hundred miles, your career at first form. And then specifically also the, all the amazing stuff that you guys are doing for your athletes and customers through your roles, director of education. But yeah. before, uh, before we take off here, where can my listeners learn more about you and first form and everything that you guys are doing? Yeah. So, uh, on the first form side of things, you know, whether that's uh, social media, you know, it's just at first form, um, you can check out Instagram, Facebook, you know, website is just uh, firstform.com. So the number one S T P H O R M.com, um, for that. And then for my Instagram, it is will the number two win. And then the number 50, um, I keep trying to like, you know, change it. It's what I've had since college. I'm gotta like, stick hey, with it, it. you know, got to stick with it at this point. Uh, but you know, in, the one last thing that I just do want to say, sure. um, and I made a post about, you know, this specifically is that I know that that story sounds crazy. Right. Um, and I know that it's like, yeah, I can't really relate to that. But like, the truth of the matter is, is that like, you know, I'm not special, you know, it's, it's, I'm a normal guy that has tried to live by that principle that we hear all the time of like working to improve yourself and push yourself and just doing a little bit more every single day. And like I said, I started with a 5k to a half marathon to pushing that. And, you know, same thing with the career. And I just encourage people to like, you know, whatever it is, like just truly believe in the work and the effort and just trying to get better a little, a little bit better every single day. Like, you know, cause while I ran this hundred mile for myself to prove it for myself, 
you know, I do hope that it helps somebody or some people to just go a little bit further, you know, and whether that's with running or whether that's with your career or your relationships or whatever, like you can do it. Okay. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but you can train yourself to do more and, and, and get the job done. So um, I just hope that, like I said, people go out and they, whatever it is to them might sound crazy, but I hope that they go do it for them. Hell yeah. I love that. I love that. Will. And uh, you'll definitely hopefully be back on in the future. I'd love to have you. Thank you very much for your time today. We'll, we'll have a good rest of your day, my man. All right. Thank you. See ya.